It's Tuesday, August 25th, 2020. I'm Tanya Harris and welcome to TMI Daily, your daily roundup of everything people are talking about online since they aren't allowed to talk about it in person. In a speech at last night's Republican convention, Charlie Kirk referred to Donald Trump as the bodyguard of Western civilization. That makes sense when you think about how well having a bodyguard worked for Whitney Houston. What, too soon? Hashtag cocaine was trending on Twitter last night after Donald Trump Jr. gave his speech at the convention with, with noticeably bloodshot and tearing eyes. If he was trying to show something in common with the people his daddy gassed in order to get a photo op at a church, it clearly didn't work. Speaking of hashtag cocaine, Don Jr.'s girlfriend, Kimberly Guilfoyle, gave what would best be called a memorable speech last night, which is probably why your dog looked at you around 8.15 like, what the fuck is going on? In her speech, Guilfoyle claimed to be a first-generation American whose parents came from Puerto Rico. I guess Kimberly didn't realize Puerto Rico has been part of the United States for 101 years now. I mean, it was up until Trump became president and Hurricane Maria hit. White nationalist leader Richard Spencer announced yesterday that he was supporting Joe Biden in the upcoming election, which the Biden camp was quick to denounce. You know it's bad for Trump when he can't even keep his own racist in line. Melania Trump will give her convention speech tonight from the White House Rose Garden, which she personally redecorated. Ironically, the Rose Garden, much like the Office of First Lady, is something beautiful that Melania has been able to turn into a complete embarrassment. After reports surfaced that Jerry Falwell Jr. liked watching his wife have sex with a former pool boy, the embattled conservative Christian resigned as president of Liberty University, only to rescind his resignation hours later. Based on stories of his sexual exploits, no one should be surprised that Jerry Jr. occasionally likes to pull out of things. After opening its campus for in-person classes on August 19th, the University of Alabama has now reported over 500 cases of COVID-19. Say what you will about a college education, but you definitely didn't need a diploma to see that coming. Kanye West is being sued by a company who claims he stole their technology to advance his Yeezy brand and launch his popular Sunday service. This is a nice change for Ye, who's recently been more known for trying to help steal an election. Stars attending MTV's Video Music Awards in New York on Sunday will not have to quarantine like other people traveling from COVID-19 hotspots. Considering that this award show hasn't been relevant in well over a decade, this might be the VMA's only way of going viral. Now let's send it over to tonight's TMI Daily Cast and Crew Roundtable. Stay safe. Hey everybody, welcome to TMI Daily. I'm your temporary host, Peter Aiello, as my wife, our regular host, Vanessa. Vanessa, what is your name? Oh <laughs> no! Oh, oh, oh no! Jesus, no, I said no, the wrong no. name! Future ex-wife. <laughs> Who's Vanessa? My future ex-wife, Veronica Barajas Aiello, <laughs> is on Vanessa? assignment. So you know, you know what it is? I, I actually had that in my head, because my father, my mm. father actually uh-huh. sometimes makes yeah. a mistake of calling uh-huh. Vanessa. Oh, oh sure. Uh-huh. Uh, I can't uh, believe I said that. Okay, so I'm getting divorced. Yes, we're never going to see Veronica again. <laughs> oh, okay, no, so that's our show, to, everybody. Uh, she's she's, she's, she's actually everybody. very busy tonight. So I'm, I'm hosting tonight. And we can see this is going fucking great so far. <laughs> so never never make fun of her for if she stumbles ever again. To never make fun of her. Okay. Oh, with God. that being said, we have a lot of our uh, 
friends and family from TMI in Hollywood here with us. So let's say hello to everybody. Why don't we start with Elizabeth? Hi, I prefer Veronica. So. <laughs> you stop. <laughs> um, Jess? Hey, remember, you can always follow me at the Jess Ellis on Twitter. Joe? I'm 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 excited for the dog custody battle that's about to follow. <laughs> <laughs> Emma, hi, I'm Elizabeth. I mean, Emma, I mean, uh, wait, wait, shit. What, what's the name? Uh, uh, Emma. Yes, I'm Emma. The guy next to you. Uh, I'm Stuart. <laughs> and Chris. I just want the audience to know that uh, I was. Not on screen when Peter fucked up. So I was not in association. <laughs> with any of See, what it happened. happens. You know, this is a lot harder than it looks. I promise you. I'm, I'm glad our, our subject today is religion because Peter's going to need a whole bunch of it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm going to need to be seeing a priest very soon. He's already saying a prayer. I'll tell you that right now, people. <laughs> we're talking about God because Peter's about to meet him. <laughs> <laughs> With that being said, yes, our, 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 our topic tonight is religion. Actually, yesterday we were getting so much crazy hate from trolls, which is something we're not used to getting uh, on this show, that I figured let's do something that's much less controversial. So, yeah, we're going to do religion. I feel like we made it. I feel like we made it. how we know we have trolls. That we're making an impact. That's, the, that's definitely how, when, when you know you're successful when somebody calls you a cuck online. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing special. Or, that. or that's just your kink calling out the followers. So, so um, before we really get started into this, um, can I ask who here considers themselves to be a religious person in some way? Anybody? Okay. Well, okay. So basically, for the people listening who can't see the fingers up, Emma and Joe have put their fingers up. Um, so Emma, tell us what faith you are and, 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 and how you came to that. Well, in case my brand didn't make it clear, I'm a nice Jewish girl. Um, I don't know to what extent I believe, I'm gonna start that sentence over. I don't believe <laughs> Torah exactly as written. I don't think there is like a big beardy guy up in the sky who like controls every single action of every single person. I think it's a little bit more vague than that. I think it's a little bit more metaphorical than that. Uh, but I am perfectly willing to believe that there is something bigger than ourselves that we can't explain. Uh, I think of the specific Bible and Torah stories as being more metaphors for life. Um, but mostly I consider myself Jewish because it's just such a big part of my heritage and my background. It's part of my culture. Uh, I don't know. I, I know there are some people who like don't consider themselves Jewish even when they're born into it, but like I couldn't not be Jewish. Okay, well, Joe, uh, before we started, you were kind of making some allusions to uh, religion not being your favorite topic to talk about, uh, but you also were only one of the uh, only two people that actually raised their hand. So could tell me where, where you are as far as the whole religion thing. I believe that there's a power uh, uh, out there that maybe we don't quite understand, uh, power of the universe. I know from science that energy is only transferred, it is not destroyed. Um, so uh, there's something out there. Now, I grew up going to Catholic middle school and Catholic high school. My father was Catholic and my mother was Lutheran. So I had it kind of banged into me. But as an adult um, and seeing how uh, organized religions worked, I made it much more personal, which I think it should be for everybody. But that's just my own opinion. So I made it a personal thing. It's something that I believe. It's something that uh, um, I, I reach out to when I need it. 
But um, I believe that everybody uh, has a right to their own religion and their own uh, just keeping it personal and however they want to believe. So I believe that there's a power out there and uh, I'll keep it at that. Good. That's a, that's a good point. I, I mean, I, I was brought up um, in a Roman Catholic house with people that never went to church, uh, but they did believe it. I mean, on, on uh, uh, Good Friday, we didn't eat meat for all of Lent. I think I had pizza every day, which is probably every Friday, which is probably why I look the way I do today. Um, you know, and on, I think it was on Christmas Eve, we always had that fish. Uh, so, so I grew up in that, but I, I definitely don't identify myself with any specific religion. I, I, I feel like there, I have some spirituality. I believe that there's something more than us, but I definitely don't uh, call myself a, a Catholic any longer, um, which I guess is also the case with most of you. I, I mean, look, look, raise your hands again about something else. Um, you guys said you were, you, you were not practicing um, of any faith, but were you brought up in, in, a, in some religion prior to this happening? Yes. Yes. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And so Absolutely. things just obviously changed at some point that where you started questioning that. Sure. Chris. Yeah, I was uh, I was raised in the Baptist church, so technically Christian, but you know Baptist, and you know there's like all some subsidiaries of Christianity. <laughs> Uh, but I, Veronica, by the way, I'm sorry to yeah. mean to cut you off for a second. Oh, no. Veronica said she's keeping all three dogs. That is, is. You know, you've sure. been watching this. Yeah. You've been doing the show instead of making me do it. First of all, she didn't have to tell us. We knew that. <laughs> she could have that so, was never so, a question. So, to all of our listeners listening on the podcast, if you have a couch that uh, people can borrow for the next month. Uh, email them at peter at tmihollywood.com. <laughs> hey, no shit. Uh, no, yeah, I, I grew I was raised a uh, uh, Baptist, but, you know, as uh, growing up, I just realized that uh, religion as a practice is, is retarded. And, uh, but faith, I do think there's a place for that in life. Uh, so that's kind of where I lean towards my thinking when it comes to religion. I like what you said there, Chris. I like how you, it's not religion, it's faith. Mm. And there, and I think that there really are two separate things. I really uh, like that comment that you made. 100%. Did somebody define that? What is faith? Faith is a belief. Religion is a practice. Something you can't see. Religion yeah. is, yeah, I think religion believe is... In, it's just you believe, you, you believe in something that you can't prove something larger than yourself yeah no no, no i just want a definition no, yeah, is it something that larger that, that there's something that's i don't pretty, it's pretty simplified jess but i think you got it right no which one is it is it that there is something out there you know there's something you just don't know what it is or yeah, you're just much. unsure yeah like pretty much huh so so let's just i don't say I, I didn't say i have faith. i just say that's because that's what faith is i see yeah, yeah. so um I did a lot of research into this this morning when we got started. I mean, the, the reason we initially wanted to do this story today was because um, yesterday, Jerry Falwell Jr. Uh, resigned from his position as the president of Liberty University, which was the school his father, Jerry Falwell Sr., started back in 1971. Now, for anybody who doesn't know it, Liberty University is considered to be one of the more conservative um, evangelical Christian colleges in the country. Um, and the reason why Jerry Falwell Jr. resigned was because he was involved in an extramarital affair where 
actually his wife was having sex with a guy that had been a pool boy um, at, a, at a hotel that they had met him at. And then at some point um, it went from a sexual relationship into a business relationship where they had um, done a couple of business transactions on land. Um, and when, uh, when, when the guy's name is Giancarlo Garda, um, when when he uh, realized that most of the uh, the business transaction was done through him without uh, and, uh, and and that Jerry Falwell wasn't exactly putting his name out there that he was part of it, he wanted out of the deal and threatened Jerry Falwell to let, that he was going to let you know people know what he had been doing with his wife. Um, and I guess uh, Jerry Falwell called his bluff, and then this is what happened. So uh, it came out that Jerry Falwell was watching his wife have sex with this guy. Uh, but it um, wasn't the first scandal that, um, that they'd been involved in. Apparently Jerry Falwell has been in several of these. Um, was the, the guy's name was Giancarlo. Was he a fucking maybe? pool boy? Jesus. Yeah. This yeah, is like right out of boy. a porn. Yeah, this is, this is right out of a yes, porn. I was I was literally about to crazy. say that. I was like, yo, I'm suing somebody. Somebody's My name my is Giancarlo, and I'm here to <laughs> clean your it's, it's, it's crazy. Because because you didn't bring any pool cleaning tools. I brought the tools. <laughs> There's pictures of this guy at the White House with Trump. There's pictures of it. There's a great picture. I, I, I was going to put it up, but I forgot to do it. Um, of him completely shirtless taking a selfie with uh, with Pence um, in case anybody was wondering where Pence really swings um, but that's a whole another story it could have but been at the beach I, I, yeah no it definitely wasn't at the beach that's the weirdest <laughs> part they're, they're, they're at someone's it looks like it looks like somebody's house but he's not wearing any shirt he's all greased up and he's taking this picture with Pence just the way God I, just I, the way God wants yeah. it so, yeah, what's the, uh, but, so what's the but it's good because it's uh, well, the controversy was that the guy, you know, Jerry Falwell, is supposed to be a Christian conservative. So I guess banging, you know, watching his wife get banged by another guy wasn't, you know, part of the tenets of, of the, uh, the conservative religion. Is that and, not um, there? And he also, no, it's not in there. The, um, I mean, is it explicitly bad in, in Christianity to, like, watch somebody have sex? Technically, yeah. Well, see, well, here's that the part, thing. But, yeah, yeah fair <laughs> Well, yeah. the, the decisions his wife made, sure, I, I understand that. That's, you know... I think there's also some question of him. It was clearly a party. There, there's also oh. a photo that's out where he's got his, like, pants undone and there's a... Well, that's that's, that's a whole other thing. That that actually he, got... That hit two weeks ago. That was his yeah. wife's assistant. Okay. Uh, he claims was pregnant at the time, so he took a picture with his pants open because she and was, was saying that she couldn't fit into any, any of her clothing anymore. That, that's yeah. that's what he claims. That's so yes, the controversy just, is he's a hypocrite. Yes. Well, oh, yeah. but yes, the, uh, we, we don't have enough time in the show, yeah. or two shows, we to could go do through a, everything that's bad in yeah. Christianity. I just like to point out. I'm just asking what the big deal with this guy is, because so far, yeah. like, this is all a non-issue. I grew up in East LA. Every girl went to Catholic school, and trust me, they were well, all hypocrites. I know. That, 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 that's the point. Guys, the whole point is that it's a, it's a do what I say, not what I do thing. So it's a hypocrisy thing. Yeah. yeah. So let's let's move forward a little bit. So there was a, a really great 2019 Pew Research study called the Religious Landscape uh, Study that uh, that broke down all the different religions in the United States. Christianity is the number one um, source of faith in the United States. 70% of people who, who identify as having some faith are Christians. Jews, Muslims, uh, Buddhists, and Hindus only account for 6% in total um, of, uh, of religious people in the United States. 
23% of the country um, either identifies themselves as agnostic, atheist, or having no faith at all, which I guess is also kind of like being an atheist, atheist without actually saying you're atheist. Um, Peter, um, oh, I follow Peter, yes. um, do they do they break because this is the really weird thing that's messed up? Do they break down the Christianity into the separate types of I'm, Christianity? I'm going to get to that right now. They don't like each other either. <laughs> Yeah. Really well, there's weird. there's there's multiple different forms of Christianity. Obviously, right. um, the 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 largest being the Protest, Protestant um, religion, which there's 140 million Protestants in the United States, um, versus uh, the second largest group, which is Roman Catholics, which. Uh, they're about 70 million. So it's like a two to one margin. Yeah, but you guys of, understand that like Catholics aren't like either. Like Catholics are like the uh, redheaded stepchild of Christianity too. Like there's a whole hatred of them as well because of the Pope. So yeah. uh, so like it, it breaks down, like you can take Christianity, but then you got to break down that Christianity, which is even weirder. So well, I'm always, I'm always, a, that always confused me because I, so you learn, you know, Catholicism more or less came first and then Protestants split off you know you get the church of england you've got the lutherans and all that and i was like oh so they're like part of the same thing but people are like oh mm, catholics are not necessarily like oh, our well, i want to break that right, down right, a little bit for like... you guys hmm? so i i mean i wanted to break it down a little oh, bit sorry, for you because because it's kind of interesting um when you break it down by education because education is uh is Ooh. is is definitely uh uh, a really interesting portion of this. Um, Christian Christians are actually a lot stupider than uh, than the other religions. Um, okay, how are you defining? No, no, well, well I'm, okay, I'll, I won't say they're a lot less less intelligent. How about than, just uh, less how, but that doesn't, how okay. do you define uh, that? Let them explain. Okay, well, okay <laughs> let me explain. Um, Christians, if thirty three percent of Mormons. Um, have a um, have a college education or or higher. Twenty six percent of Catholics and twenty one percent evangelicals all have co college degrees, as opposed to Hindus, which have the, the highest degree of education at seventy percent of either college degrees or higher level. Jews who are at sixty percent, Buddhists at forty eight percent, and Muslims at forty percent. Um, so, so the thing is with Christianity, obviously, because there are so many different Christians, um, you're going to see obviously a, a wider variety of people that are higher educated and lower educated. That's why I thought it'd be good to break it down um, to, to, to the more to the more you know uh, defined groups. With that note, um, also we looked at at income. Um, religion from a from a from a religious standpoint christians are also the poorest religion um in the united states catholics are actually tied no. with buddhists with the largest percentage of people earning less than thirty thousand dollars um a year at 30 and then at 36 percent um well i'm sorry um, evangelicals have the lowest level of people making over 50 percent uh 50 million uh, fifty thousand dollars i'm sorry um with only 42 percent of uh evangelicals making 42 uh, making more than fifty thousand dollars on the other side it's really great to be jewish uh emma because 68 percent of jews make more than fifty thousand dollars a year 70 percent of hindus make more than fifty thousand dollars um so they're the, the two highest groups what about um, atheists? How are they rolling in there? Atheists, actually, I do have that number. Let's 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 uh, let me pull. It. It's up on the screen as we speak. 
atheists. Oh God, I can't see. It's it's. I think that it's somewhere in like the in the mid in the mid thirties. Uh, no, it's 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 like forty two, forty three percent atheists or or people who have who don't have a faith um, have a college degree. Um, does any of the, does any of those kind of numbers like surprise you guys at all, or does that sound about right? Well, it, it sounds uh, it sounds it sounds about right because you know it's always kind of been that age-old socialist stigma that like the more educated you are the more uh you're likely to like question your religion than uh than anything and it's also kind of always been like the enemy of religion like you know people being educated because for some reason like the more scientific like people if you think if you're more scientific thinking then like you're evil because you're going more towards the devil and you're not like worshiping god and your science you're, and you're questioning yeah, you're, plan, you're questioning you're questioning yeah, yeah. exactly that's, exactly that's not all religion uh, what i'll point yeah. out i don't know much about hinduism and the way they view religion but judaism loves education yeah judaism reveres education judaism highly emphasizes questioning everything i'm sorry peter that which is why the uh, the, the numbers bear that out yeah, I mean it's so, uh, it's staggeringly higher than than anybody except for for Hindus. Yeah, sixty yeah. percent of of Jews get have a college education or higher. I well, I'll tell you, I'm surprised about the Catholic thing only because they have such a uh, a really deep educational. Like you can go to Catholic grade school, you can go to Catholic mm -hmm. high school, and even go to Catholic colleges and get a, a you know a legit degree yeah. I, I mean i, I could have went to st john's except i didn't want to go over the bridge so i went you know to Rutgers. but the point was that i mean uh, if, if that's a little bit weird for me but at the same time, at the same time i always liked the fact that we when we learned um in school we had to learn both the um the origin of man in both the scientific side and on the biblical side so um yeah but i i never had it where like science was like a no-no. I mean, uh, we all the science was just part of it, and we we did pretty good. So, I'm a little I'm a little uh, perplexed that the Catholics are running so low with uh, when they have so many good Catholic universities and high schools and all that uh, about. Uh, it's it, it's definitely surprising from from what I was when I started reading this this morning. Um, Another thing, so, so we said before that there's 100, in, in total, there's 141 million people that identify as Protestants in the United States. And Protestants break down to multiple different groups. So we're going to get into that in a minute. And there's only, and there's 70.5 million Catholics um, in the United States, which is unfair because you're, because you're, you're taking, you know, Protestants who, like I said, multiple groups, Catholics are one <coughs> version of Christianity, but it's a two to one ratio. But, and this is something I found interesting today, 36 out of the 45 people that have been president of the United States were Protestants. We've only had one, one Catholic president, which was John F. Kennedy. And if Biden were to win, he'd be the second Catholic president. Yeah, okay, so, good Irish boy, make sure with his Catholicism. So if anybody wonders why, uh, why some, some people are so engendered in politics with religion, um, that's probably the reason why. So I want to ask you guys a question. What religious denominations do you think is the most political in this country? Currently, the evangelical uh, Christian, like the super conservative Christian, they're very active in a lot of ways and trying to set policy and, and say, yeah, that's so just well, okay. from my point of view, it, that's what I see. Yeah. 
Well, you, you're, you're partially right, but, uh, but I wanted to actually, this is something else that kind of uh, shocked me this morning. Did you know that evangelicals is, isn't actually a religion? It's, right. it's not defined as a religion. It's, it's, it's a movement within the Protestant religion. Um, yeah. It's because there's two types of Protestants. There's mainline Protestants and there's evangelical Protestants. Um, evangelical, uh, Martin Luther actually started the evangelical uh, movement back in the, I guess, in the 1600s. Um, but it really, it, in this country, it didn't take, take um, any real flight until after World War II. Um, and does anybody have any idea why, why you know, after World War II, evangelicals started to, to grow in this country by any chance? Well, I mean, so I'm going to point out a couple of things. There have been several major religious movements, specifically in Christianity, throughout the course of American history. Uh, you have a ton of things, like in the 16, 17, 1800s, that uh, involved people like going around and like getting people all excited about religion. That's a, that was a whole thing. But specifically after World War II for modern day evangelicalism, evangel evangelicalism? Yeah, yeah it's, it's a hard thing to say. Uh, <laughs> we dropped a big ass bomb on Japan. Two of them. Yeah. Uh, Converted people? Well, look, no, but, like, but look at that bomb. I'm praising Jesus now. It's, a, it's apocalyptic well, fear. Yeah, I, it's yeah. the fact that we could literally blow the world apart now. Oh, yeah. the fear of being bombed. Yeah, just someone different theory. Well, so actually, Japanese uh, evangelical too? Did, did that fear no. of getting hey, it's, turned hey, into actually, it's, it's actually Stuart goes. Stuart's been dying to talk for like twenty minutes. Got so go ahead, Stuart. Stuart. Go ahead, Stuart. No, I have please. a somewhat different theory, and um, I, I mean, obviously, current evangelicalism skews very uh, conservative and southern. After World War II, there was a big new civil rights movement started. I think a lot of the current evangelicalism and potentially the rise of it was born out of racism. I think- well, Stuart, you're actually, there's, there's, you're not that far off. There's always been a very uh, religious justification for slavery and racism and, and discrimination and all that. So I think this is sort of a, a lean into that. Well, I, I mean, along those lines, what uh, what most people that that uh, that study religion say is that evangelical. Uh, ev ev how do we say evangelicalism? Evangelicalism. evangelicalism. Yeah. yeah um, that it, it saw its its greatest rise when when we started seeing the uh, the advent of the the southern the, the, the southern Baptist uh, preachers that would be would, would start doing road shows um, that eventually was kind of perfected by Billy Graham. Billy Graham became the first major, uh, major um, countrywide evangelical preacher, uh, and and from him was kind of the seeds of what what today is called televangelism. Uh, televangelism. Um, what I found really interesting was that there's that the the evangelical belief has four tenets to it. Um, they are activism, which is taking part in activities to strengthen your faith, biblicism which is having the Holy Bible be your only source of faith. Um, Crucentrism, which is atoning for Christ's sacrifice on the cross. And probably the thing that's most important to today's evangelicalism, that is conversionism, which is the belief that all people must be converted to, the, to their faith, not to any other faith. 
And so, and so that's kind of where, where the whole rise of, of the evangelical preacher came from. Uh, Billy Graham started doing it back in the 50s, in, in the late 40s, early 50s. Um, and from there, he built an empire that, um, that, that his son, Franklin Graham, now runs through a, a charity called, um, called, what's it called again? It's called um, Samaritan's Purse which last year took in $650 million in donations. Um, Meredith's purse. Sounds like a yeah. soap opera. <laughs> but what, it's what's really like, what's really kind of completely amazing to me. I mean, we all know, we all know about how, how um, religion, religious organizations don't pay taxes, right? Mm-hmm. Well, did you also know that religious leaders can designate themselves as religious leaders and then not pay taxes either. I know that. Guess what I'm doing. (laughs) This new information. Seriously, let's start a church. When he says follow, when he says follow to Jess Ellis, he really means follow to Jess Ellis. Follow me, my children. It's not just a Twitter; it's a church. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, it, it turns out the only difference between the two is that when you're a church. You don't you you can take in as much money as you want and you don't have to explain at all where the money goes to. If you're a religious leader, you actually have to file paperwork saying where the money went. Right. But you don't have to pay any taxes. Uh, I mean to put it in perspective, if you made forty thousand dollars in California last year, you paid about seven thousand dollars in taxes. Joel Olstein last year made fifty-five million dollars. You know how much money he paid in taxes? Except zero. Yes. Or, or he made exactly zero. Hey, wait a minute. That's more than I paid. Or I mean, less than I paid. That bastard. Yeah, taxes. <laughs> so, so uh, now what, what's really interesting is that um, a lot of a, a lot of companies caught caught wind to this idea that if they designated themselves a church, they could actually be tax free. So the Christian Broadcast Network, which which is the 38th largest charity in the, in the United States, took in $413 million in donations last year, but they're a church because, because their ministry is over television. They claim they lost $8 million, but they don't have to prove the, where the money went at all. Um, so it's, it's actually just, it's amazing how much money these, these, some of these companies take in. And um, with that, I actually, I hate to, to do say, it, What about our good to, friends in Scientology? Well, yeah. that's a whole nother that's story. Whole thing, really. and, yeah. and you know what? I didn't want to get into that because we'd get canceled and that would be the end of it. They'll our come whole, for you. They know. They know. So <laughs> I, I want to keep continue this conversation, but our guests are here right now. So um, I want to actually bring them in. This um, is going to be a fun switch gears, everybody. So hang on. You're driving pull over for a second. This is now that we've lost our audience, here comes our guests. <laughs> Stupid, hey, so, so right now, we, here comes our guest right now. Hey guys, this hey, guy, how's it right going? Now, hi guys, how are you? Hi. So, so thank you for joining us, everybody. Um, so we all know these are the three hosts of the show, all queued up. Um, we've got Josh, Greg, and Betty. Um, thank you so much for coming in tonight. Thank, thank you, you for, for having us. us. Yeah, thank you for the opportunity to come on and hang out with you guys, and uh, we're really excited. Well, that's that's as good because so were we, right? Everybody <laughs> excited, right? Act excited. Yeah. Y'all are gonna go woo. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so before we go any further, why don't you guys tell us a little bit about your podcast? Um, so what we do on uh, 
a bi-weekly basis is uh, uh, we'll review two shows on an internet streaming platform, Netflix, Amazon, what have you. Uh, we watched the shows in their entirety. That was one of the big rules that I did when I created the show was not just, you know, three episodes, so like the whole season. And then we discuss it. We talk about whether it's worth your time or not. We give it a grade, like we're bad teachers. Uh, and then uh, um, you make, you know, you listen and you, you make the decision if you want to watch it or not. You know, we our, our goal is to allow people to go, I don't have a lot of time on my hands and I want to watch a new show. So that's, that's what our goal is, is try to inform people in that regard. So you cover pretty much all the different uh, streaming services? Uh, yeah, for the most part. I'd say that uh, there, there, there aren't a whole lot on other platforms other than Netflix, if I'm being honest. Like, it's every once in a while with Amazon, almost never with Hulu. And I think we've done two things on, on uh, YouTube Red or Premium now. Okay. Yeah. One I so, like and Josh did. <laughs> we we uh, started branching out too with Disney Plus and HBO Max, of course, you know, because they are streaming oh, platforms right. now. Um, <clears throat> but go ahead. Sorry. No, no you're no, fine. I was, I was actually just going to ask ask that. Um, what I was just wondering. I mean, you have, like you said, Netflix. You have you have Disney Plus. You have um, HBO Max. You, you do have programming out of Amazon Prime. Um, now you've got Peacock uh, that just started. Are there too many streaming services? Yes. <laughs> just for, uh, yes. for us to cover, yeah. But I mean, it. You know, it's great that people have choices. So. That's true. I don't want to start picking up, you know, more platforms, but it just depends on how popular the content is. You know, if it seems like something that'd be worth our while to cover. Yeah. Like we, we were, we weren't going to not cover Mandalorian. We had to watch that. So, uh, and, and we were, like I said, we were in the, in the mindset of like reviewing an entire season, but because Mandalorian was week to week, we just decided that every episode we were going to review the new episode. And with the season two of boys where it's only the first three episodes, we'll be reviewing each episode as they come out as well. Um, and as, as we're doing right now on this, on the podcast, uh, each episode of, uh, um, Oh, Lovecraft country. Thank you. Lovecraft country. I couldn't think of the name of it. Greg is horrible with names. And if you ever listen to our show, <laughs> I'm yeah, usually, I can sense when he's trying to spit out a name and he'll go, uh, and I'll be like, look, I have my father's disease. Don't blame me. Okay. At the top of the show, I, I, I said my, my wife's name wrong, so don't worry about it. We, we all make mistakes. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. You also uh, blamed I, it on your father, Peter. You also blamed it on your father. Yeah, yeah, I, I blamed, and I blamed yeah. it on my father, which was he's, just he's complete nonsense. He's getting rid of his whole family by the, the, end, of this, the end of this podcast. Oh. There won't be anybody oh. left. <laughs> my family belongs under the bus. What are you talking about? Um, <laughs> Yeah, we, uh, I had this idea uh, back in 2015. Um, I was streaming for a, a, a Twitch group for a while there, and uh, I really wanted to do a different podcast. I was, I was doing one at the time for Video Game News. That's since gone under. But um, when, uh, when I had this idea, the problem is I couldn't find anybody that had the time commitment that I had. Um, everybody that I had talked to, all the friends I had talked to said, I don't have the time to watch an entire, two entire seasons in two weeks. I was like, okay. And, uh, I started streaming, uh, one of the Jackbox games every Saturday night. And I would let people who watch just join me on discord or wherever. And, and we would kind of play the game and talk at the same time. It was great. Um, 
Josh was one of those people. And I had noticed that he was watching everything that I was watching. And we started doing pseudo reviews while playing Jackbox. And, and at the end of one stream, I just go, would you like to be my co-host on this thing I'm trying to do? And rest is history on that one. Okay, so, so let me ask you this. I, I was just reading that Netflix has started instituting into their um, software, the random shuffle uh, button, uh, where, where basically if people can't make a decision on, on what they want to watch, it, it kind of uses their algorithm to figure out shows that might be interesting to them based on what they've watched in the past. Is this like the kind of trend that's gonna that's gonna happen? I mean, what kind of things are we gonna be seeing? You th you, you think at least in the in the future when it comes to streaming? Honestly, I think <laughs> yeah. Honest, honestly, I think that's going to be you know become more common on every platform. Like the well, because you watch this, this is recommended for you uh, based on your tastes. I mean, Netflix has been doing it for a while. Um, I've seen Amazon start doing it recently on Prime Video, um, you know, and YouTube's been using it forever. So I think it's just going to be more and more prevalent. And instead of people, because I hear people say, ah, fire up Netflix and I sit there and I scroll through and I scroll through and I scroll through and I can't figure out what I want to watch. Well, you know, there's that recommended for you section. Check it out. You might find something. Of course, you know. That might take away from potential lessons for us, but, <laughs> but also I think I think the algorithm only works to an extent because uh, I share a Netflix account with my parents and it constantly recommends these like mystery dramas that were made in 1975 that I've never heard of. And I, I don't know why it constantly recommends those to me. So I think that that's like if you have multiple people using the same account, you're going to have that issue with the algorithm. Um, I don't think it's a bad thing, but I definitely think that us as an outlet and there there are multiple people out there that also do these kind of reviews they they want to let people know what's worth their time uh we uh before before the pandemic um josh and i were doing whatever was on like whatever we could find and there were plenty of shows that we genuinely disliked um after the pandemic we both just kind of went let's just do we started doing a a, a series every other week in between the two, the bi-weekly episodes called uninhibited where we would just come up with a topic. Sometimes Josh would find crazy Florida man headlines and he would come up with a fake one and a real one. And I'd have to guess which one is real or I come up with a topic and we discuss it. Um, we had noticed that this was gaining a lot of traction. Uh, and that's when we got Betty on as, as a guest one time. Um, so if you come to the podcast now, the reason I'm saying this is that you're going to get more than just a review now. You're going to get a review okay. and, a, and, a, and a discussion. Um, okay. I mean, have you, has it gotten easier as you've gone along? I mean, did it start out kind of like robotic a little bit where you, where you were just trying to get your feet wet and now you feel a little bit more comfortable with the, with the conversations you're having with the oh, podcast? Yeah, yeah I, think, I think Josh and I had a good... Uh, a good start because we had done the streaming thing for a little while, but mm. after four or five episodes, we kind of found our groove and it's, it's gotten a lot easier now. Um, I'd say with the addition of Betty, it's, it's in a, in a way, a new challenge. Um, mm. I love Betty. She's great. And I have nothing bad to say about her in any way, shape or form, not just because she's sitting here, but because I, I genuinely feel that way. Um, but it's a new challenge because it's a new conversation. It's, it's not just, you know, 
two guy friends hanging out, you know, uh, she has different outlooks on life, different perspectives. And I think that that's kind of what the podcast needed. That's actually oh. a question. Ben, Betty, while, while, while we're kind of going off of what, what uh, Greg just said, what, what do you think is the difference between your viewpoint for, I guess, the female viewpoint, as opposed to the two guys who were doing the show prior to you being there? Like, uh, how do you think your, your dynamic has changed it? Um, well, you know, honestly, I think that these two guys are really on the up and up and very social situations right now and bringing, you know, people on the show to discuss these things has been, um, an eye opener. I think that for me, I, I don't consider myself a feminist. I consider myself a humanist, which encompasses feminism. And it makes, I like being able to talk about things. I have an education. Um, I feel for women's rights. I feel for um, Black Lives Matter, you know, and I want to get it out there because we do. I know Josh and I live in a region where, you know, these are two major issues in Appalachia. And I feel like, you know, I, I want to do something to make this place better. And being able to be on this show has allowed me to express views that people hear that they wouldn't have otherwise. And I tried to be very, you know, I want to, I want to educate you, but I don't want to make you feel dumb at the same time. I want you mm. to know what the truth is. So, so basically you're, you're, you're kind of keeping everybody uh, straight with the truth as part yeah. of the show. And I homeschool, I'm a secular homeschool. My daughter's 15. So, you know, I have all this knowledge in my head and it's like, oh, did you know this? Did you know that? And, you know, I get really impassioned about certain subjects. So, you know, and I love talking about these things with the guys and I love the fact that we have a lot of interest in the same type of genre, you know, Lovecraft country, especially. I've loved him since I was a teenager. So this is a big thing for us. And I'm really excited about doing the reviews. Has there, has there ever, has there been, since you've been part of the show, has there been anything that you've brought to the guys as far as like, like a show or a type of show that you were really into that they were just completely on the opposite side of the, like, it, it wasn't anything they found interesting at all. Um, well, we talked about books and there were certain books that we disagree on. It's like, I'm a huge Stephen King fan and uh, Greg is not, you know, but we I like did have Stephen one... King stories. I don't like yeah. his writing. <laughs> yeah, that, there you go. Um, I'm reading two at the moment in time, um, you know, but there were a lot of books that we liked and there were a lot of books that we agreed sucked, you know, but so far I haven't been on long enough that I think we've really had that much of a difference of opinion when it comes to uh, episodes or movies. This will well, sound it, really it will happen, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, I, this will sound strange, but I hope we do eventually. I think oh, that yeah. part it of the conversation. Yeah, I, I, I think that that kind of conversation where in the past, where Josh and I have disagreed on a show, are some of the more entertaining conversations where we're just circling the mm -hmm. same bush of like, this show's great. It's like, it's okay, it's great. But yeah, you know, I do this all the time with my husband, so I'm totally prepared for this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
So let me ask ask each one of you, um, if you had to pick one show to try and keep somebody from going out this weekend and potentially getting themselves COVID, what would be the one (laughs) show? I want to ask each one of you uh, each. So Betty, what what would be that one show that you you could keep somebody in the house for a whole weekend and keep them safe? Honestly, I said don't go to the movie theater. It's just not worth it right now. We have other ways to watch things. Well, what show? What, what What show then? You know, I'm going to be completely honest with you. I've become an internet girl. I don't watch cable anymore. I haven't found out about movies until like months after they come out. And I was like, why did nobody tell me this? So (laughs) I I really honestly cannot think of any that are out at this particular time that I would say, no, don't go see that. Now, there are some Netflix movies that I would say, no, don't watch that. Tell me me something from Netflix that you would would tell me. Dark Light was they should watch or shouldn't watch. Should not watch. It was. What about something they should watch? Sense Eight. Sense Eight. Okay. Yes, that's that's around for quite a few years. It brings out all the feels. How about you, Greg? Um, honestly, I, I, there's, there's, there's quite a bit. Uh, The Boys on Amazon is one of my favorites. I'm a huge Garth Ennis fan. Um, so seeing the boys in live action is fantastic. I guess the other one I, you would definitely, if, if you're looking for a whole week of staying in dark, I know Josh <laughs> we're looking is looking for like six it. months of it. We're in California. <laughs> so it could be the rest of the year. Yeah. No kidding. If it's for the week dark, if it's for the entire year, uh, the whole Netflix catalog, I'd say mm-hmm. uh, the whole, the whole thing, just watch all of it. Start to finish. I know that Josh is going to say that. I, I mean, we, we really liked uh, uh, also Altered Carbon. So I'm taking everything of Josh's away just so I can see what he says. <laughs> okay, so Josh, what's left? What, what, what could you say? I mean, honestly, there's a lot of good things out there. Uh, of course, Dark was going to be the one I'll go to because it's probably like one of my favorite shows. It's fascinating. Uh, but let's see. Out on Amazon Prime, uh, if you're in for some laughs, there's The Tick. Uh, the original tick was great. Uh, the uh, Jack Ryan series is really, really stellar. I recommend that, of course, with the boys. Um, on Netflix, Umbrella Academy uh, yep. just wrapped oh, up yeah. its second season, which was phenomenal. I enjoyed it more than the first. Uh, there's, you know, lots of things out there. Uh, and of course, you know, those are more mainstream hits and the more people are going to know about them. But sometimes you'll find a hidden little gem like a personal favorite of mine that, you know, we never really covered on the show and it only had a couple of seasons, but it was a Will Arnett project called Flaked. Um, never heard of that one. It's, it's a good little series. It's basically a self-examination or not a, sorry, not a self-examination. It's just a, a character study on a guy who is an alcoholic in his community a very simple premise to it but a fascinating show and sadly it just had two seasons but it's one i recommend like something that people haven't heard of flaked we'll learn that check it out okay clever man was like that clever man was really good but it only had two seasons i was really excited to see where they were going to go with it yeah so so does anybody on the panel have any questions for our guests um, Joe, let's let's start with you. I actually have two. Uh, uh, first of all, your feelings on uh, having the series drop all at once so you can binge it, compared to them doing it like the old networks was, where you have to do it week, uh, you know, one one a week. Uh, your feelings on that. And the second thing is, 
so HBO Max and now uh, Peacock, uh, they're having a huge problem with Roku. And every smart TV is a Roku TV. That's where I like to get all of my streaming on. Uh, and I can't get it on there. Uh, your feelings on that uh, and uh, if that's going to affect them at all. So both of those. Um, I, I'd say the thing about the, the Roku and, and uh, streaming service having issue with that is, is much like anything delay your project if it's not going to work on everything that everyone has Thank just you. just simply as I, like, dc universe HBO came Max, out listen to that <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dc universe came out and couldn't work on anything but phones it felt like like I, I couldn't get it to work on my friend's apple products i couldn't get it on my on my xbox or my ps4 just nothing and so we we my friends and i canceled it we we i loved the harley quinn show but i never finished it because i just didn't want to keep paying for that service where i couldn't watch it but on my phone um, so I think that's that's it right there. Is like don't release it unless you know it can work on everything. Period. Um, as for the the binging versus uh, uh, week to week, Josh and I had this issue when Mandalorian was coming out because we hadn't done anything prior to that that was week to week, um, and we were kind of on the fence about it. But I think week to week can benefit a show. I think for Mandalorian, it certainly it certainly did with The Watchmen on right. HBO. Yeah. Uh, uh, I think that for for like Mandalorian, it could have come out in one lump sum. And I think if it did, it actually might have benefited it because people going week to week and going like, I didn't like this episode, but I like this episode caused a weird dynamic on the Internet. Whereas Watchmen was a mystery every week. You didn't know what was happening. So people could discuss that. Whereas Mandalorian, it was kind of one off episodes, you know. Um, so now. I'm going to interject here for a moment. I think there's a, I think there's a benefit though of the week to week because it keeps the show relevant longer. Like everybody's, you're going to have your water water cooler talk the next morning. Everybody's going to be like, "Hey, did you check this out last night?" Like you used to back in the day when Lost was huge or what have you. It gives you and, something uh, to look forward to. It gives you something to look forward to as well. It's like, yeah, I'm really excited about the new season of The Boys dropping next weekend. But I'm gonna get three episodes. Yeah, I, I then I have to wait a week. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, there's some some shorter, more digestible shows that say maybe have six to eight episodes and they're half an hour in length. Drop them all at once. But if you're gonna give me a season that's ten episodes, hour long, let's stretch it out. Keep it relevant for longer. Could you imagine how how Tiger King would have been the phenomena that that was yeah. if it had been a week to week release? Yeah. But yeah. here's, the, here's the downside to a week to week too is that you could lose a lot of your audience very quickly week to week um you know episode one has 10 million viewers episode two is 8 million and then it just keeps decreasing as the show goes on because people lose interest when they have to wait, wait a week for an episode so i think if your show can benefit from it like tiger king would like watchman does it works but if it's yeah. if it's monster of the week type content Maybe I, I think uh, uh, Umbrella Academy would benefit week to week because you don't know what's happening. It's very it's it's it keeps you engaged episode to episode. Like I want to watch the next one when I finish an episode. I didn't care that like as much as I like Mandalorian and I, I keep using that as an example because it's the only one that comes to mind. I didn't I didn't feel like that. Like at the end of the episode, I was like, OK, I can wait. <laughs> like it didn't like but it but if it was in one lump sum. It would have been different. You'd probably plow, plow through it. Yeah. So I think that there's, it, it's it's really a case by case basis, depending on the okay. show. 
So when you binge watch, do you actually just sit there and start to finish each time? Or do you space it out over a few days? It depends on the show. Because if I, like, let's take um, Orange is the New Black, for example. Uh I had watched, I had watched the first three seasons, I think it was. And uh, the seventh season was coming out. And Josh really wanted to review it. I, again, hadn't caught up with the show. So I had to sit there and binge four seasons in two weeks. Like, every day was five You're episodes. evil, Josh. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, that, was, that show was hard to watch a, after season three, too. So I, I feel your pain. <laughs> right, Emma, you had a say. question. What was, what was your question? Oh, I had, the, I had a question. Oh, okay. Go ahead. Go ahead uh, Emily, what? Elizabeth, it's all the same. No, no, because I saw, I saw <laughs> Emma before with the head. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say that the Mandalorian, yeah, I saw people comment like, would the memes have lasted as long as they had dropped all of the Baby Yoda stuff at once? You know, would we have gotten week to week memes? But uh, my actual question is, is the podcast a full-time thing for all three of you? Or if it wasn't when it began, when did it transition to a full-time thing, if at all? Uh, For me... Yeah, I was like, for me, I had been to podcasting for about 10 years prior. Uh, do you guys remember, uh, um, I think it was still around, Revision 3? Mm-hmm. They had a, a show on there called uh, um, Totally Rad Show. Um, I really wanted to do that sort of thing, where there's just dudes, three dudes reviewing things every week. I had a friend contact me and he says, I have a couple other friends who do a podcast. Do you want to join it? And I said, yeah, um, due to some life things, they basically passed on the show to me and uh, I continue to do it. And, and one of the things I had learned how to do was properly speak in a podcasting format, not repeat myself, cut my ums and ands, yada, yada, yada. But Josh's, Josh's is a little different because I'm his first podcast. Um, you're mine too. You, you, always, you always remember your first. Just, <laughs> it's true. Josh will never forget me for the rest yeah, of his life. Yeah, Greg, you'll have a place in my heart forever. <laughs> uh, so, but that, that's that's the other thing is I've never had a successful podcast. Uh, you know, a few hundred listeners here and there. You know, I think that the other one I did, um, the video game based one, had uh, close to like 600 at one point, but never got past that. And there's a lot of reasons that I'm not going to go into for that one. But uh, one of the big things I will say is having a good partner. Josh has by far been the best partner that I've had in podcasting. Josh is amazing. (laughs) What makes makes Josh great? (laughs) It's the professionality. Uh, uh, Again, I don't want to go into specifics, but not communicating with me, uh, uh, not working with me, uh, uh, not discussing things, just doing things, um, making uh, uh, decisions behind my back. He doesn't do any of that. Everything goes through me. We, we discuss everything. We talk about everything. Um, he, uh, when we started doing this, we had to have a different outlet. I don't have a good enough computer system to properly edit the show. And I had a friend who did. So we kind of had a third party recording the whole thing and he'd upload it. Uh, about the fourth episode, he had to go on vacation. So Josh and I wanted to record an episode. We, had, we were ready, but our third party was not. Um, Josh completely took the reins and has since then. And it's been fantastic. 
Josh has taken it upon himself to do to go above and beyond when it comes to editing, to um, finding guests, to finding uh, uh, topics to talk about. He has been nothing but fantastic this entire time. That's the difference between the other shows that I've done and working with Josh. He is a strong producer, cool. yeah. Strong producer. Cool. Stuart, you had a question. Yeah, just something I want to mention about the the um, sep, sep, you know, uh, episodic versus the, the binge release. Episodically, it spaces it out more, which means you have to stay subscribed to whatever service longer. Like, I think with The Mandalorian, there were, you know, people, specifically at, at the release of Disney+, Plus, the, there wasn't that much original content. So people might have just said, hey, listen, I'll watch The Mandalorian and kill my subscription. So I think I know a lot of people that did that is the financial aspect of spreading it out. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I know I know a lot of people that did that. And I think that would be a financial uh, financial reason to spread it out like that. Yeah, I'll say I don't think Disney's hurting from that, um, no. but other platforms might. I think the Peacock and, and HBO Max definitely could hurt from that. Uh I think I think it's really smart of HBO Max getting WB on board for all the DC content. That was a very mm-hmm. smart move on their part because super smart. Yeah, now they have all the Cartoon Network Crunchy stuff. They have, do they have Crunchyroll? They got Crunchyroll on there Yeah, awesome. that, that was on from the beginning. Um, I have one last question. Um, if I, obviously we said earlier that there are too many streaming services, um, let's let's go down the road about five years from now who do you think will still be around um, or will they all be there still? I'll let Betty go first on this one. Uh, no. Oh, I, I, I need more experienced people to speak about this first. Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> all right. What about uh, you, Josh? <clears throat> uh, I think honestly, you're going to have, you're still going to have Netflix. You're still going to have Amazon. You're going to have Disney plus. Um, and Hulu because they are owned by Disney. Um, some of these others, like Crackle, uh, may fall behind the, to the wayside. Um, I don't know how Peacock will fare, but I think the big four will still be there at this point. I think uh, you're going to see a lot of mergers. Yeah, probably so. Probably so. And you'll see flashes in the pan. I see a couple try and get a strong start, but ultimately fail. I just think that's inevitable. Yeah. You see, you see a lot of these companies go, Oh, Netflix made a, you know, a huge profit margin off of their streaming service. We got to try to do the same thing. And uh, it's, it's, you see it fail from time to time. And um, I think, I think uh, uh, DC definitely saw that fail and that's why they're with HBO max now. So um, much like with them, I think, like I said, I think you're going to see a lot of mergers. I don't know to what extent that means, uh, but I don't think Peacock's going to survive. I can tell you that right now. I don't think uh, CBS All Access is going to survive. Okay. I think they're going to well, merge with some company. Well, I mean, obviously, I, I just I want to throw something else out there because I just thought of it. I, I mean, you were talking about companies seeing the profit from streaming. How do you guys feel about Quibi? <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's it's going under. I, I subscribed to it for about a month. Tried to check out the Reno 911 show. Uh, to the fact that I can only watch it on my phone is the biggest issue. Um, sure, I could I could screen share it to my my PC or to my uh, you know smart TV. It's it's it doesn't matter. 
yeah. if I can't have it on a on a Roku device or on my in my video game systems, I don't want it. And I know that tons of people feel the same. So if they were to change and then and, and then create apps for all the different streaming services, would that change anything you think? Hmm, it might, but slightly. I don't think it'll be a significant change. Okay. Are you guys considering um, other streaming services like Twitch? You know, because I know this is something that has blown up, and these are not shows or celebrities, but they seem to be doing pretty well for themselves. And this uh, is kind of like to, a streaming thing. Twitch would have to produce a fully scripted and and like manufactured show that comes out in either in one lump sum or a weekly mm -hmm. basis for us to review it. Do you think? Sure. It would have to be. Just, yeah. I was just curious how they they're going to end up in this market with streaming and stuff because I do know having raised kids that they love watching other people play video games. So I like uh, playing video games. I don't like watching other people play them, but you know, especially the if they suck. Did. Yeah, especially <laughs> <laughs> if they suck. Uh, you would not want to watch me play a video game. Oh my god. Oh my god, dude! I watch sometimes. I watch people's streams, or like I watch like oh, like people do like uh, they'll make a video of like their playthrough through a game, and if like in the first ten minutes they're dying in a ridiculous way, I immediately exit out of the video. I just can't. I can't. Do uh, it. Yeah. Very recently, there was a there's a streamer named Tim the Tatman, and uh, there was a video game that just came out called Fall Guys. I don't know if you've ever heard of it. Yeah. Very popular right now. Uh, Josh and I have been playing it kind of every night. It seems like, um, but Tim hadn't won a crown. He hadn't won a match, and so the 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 Twitter account for Fall Guys started kind of calling him out. Uh, by the second day of him still trying to earn a crown, he had three hundred and thirty five thousand people watching him. Damn. So yeah, watching people suck at a game is totally marketable. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Especially the entertainment that you got for about eight or nine days before you finally got a win. Well, he, he also had a considerable following before that. True. Very true. Very true. Yeah. yeah. Can you do on Twitch? I'm not super familiar with the platform. Can you like do like movie watch along things? I think I've so, seen some people do that. Yeah. So like, Amazon sure. implemented a, a thing that's that's just a it's a watch party. And right. what you do is when when you start up the person's stream, It'll have a link to the vid to the movie they're watching, and if they're in the middle of it, it'll go right to the part that they're at. Um, it's so that way because they don't want the actual movie on the Twitch channel, like right. so. It's just the person on a camera watching the movie, kind of commenting on it. Oh, okay. So that's that's all that is. But um, yeah, Twitch is. I don't see Twitch as something that will ever really like, unless we're having a discussion on uninhibited. The, the offshoot show. Um, I, I don't think it's something to review. Because there are all these other um, services oh. out there like Twitch that are popping up like crazy and making deals with all these celebrities. And I'm wondering if they're going to bust. Twitch, no, uh, Twitch will be fine. Twitch just killed fine. Mixer. Yeah. And that was well, Microsoft's guys, answer to Twitch. So I just want to thank you guys so much for coming on the show. Um, Again, for our, our people that are listening and watching, the show is called All Cued Up. It, I assume it's on every possible podcast service, right? So that you can, uh, yeah, yeah. It's on iTunes, uh, Google Play, I mean, you know, Podbean, uh, Stitcher, Spotify. Spotify. And we have a lot of fun. You guys <laughs> really enjoy it. We cut up. 
Well, we have, I think we have your information on our Instagram. If we don't have it up there yet, it'll definitely be up there at some point in the next couple of hours. If my wife's still talking to me at the end of the show. <laughs> <laughs> but thanks so much for joining us tonight. And uh, hopefully come back another us. time. So when, when, uh, maybe there's a, a, some big show that comes up um, on the streaming service. We'd, we'd love to have you back to talk about it. All yeah, right. Sure, absolutely. Yeah. Come on back. Well, thank you so much for uh, reaching out and thanks for having us. Thank you, guys. <laughs> See you again soon. You guys have a good night. Bye. Bye-bye. Okay, well, um, now let's fight a bed of religion again. We even finished the uh, did we finish the statistics yet, or are we no, actually no, going to no, talk got, about I, this? I, now? No, we can actually talk about it. Cool. I mean, again just going back to where we uh where we left off um because we'll just kind of jump into this and then we'll uh and then we'll kind of uh end for tonight um so the evangelicals actually uh are are, are the largest group of people that vote in, in you know in the united states um does anybody want to jump in on anything that we talked about so far as far as the whole uh, religious thing um Stuart. yeah just going back to one of the, the earlier questions um about the the like the education thing um i just want to say that you know obviously oftentimes college uh, degrees and stuff are uh, indicative of intelligence but it's not universal and there are a variety of reasons why people don't go to college um or don't graduate um also what i will throw out there um particularly for you know judaism in terms of people questioning their faith that's a big part of Judaism. So I think, I think it's, it's sort of, you know, the educational aspect of, of expanding your uh, worldview isn't necessarily um, out of step with religion. We don't have enough data to quantify why these people are successful or not. Like just saying that, well, you know, all these, hang on, oh, or you want to correct me already, go for it. No, I'll correct you after you're done. I wonder how many people... I mean, you might as well just do it now then. Go for it. I want to hear what Justin said. Actually, I'm curious. I just want to know how many of these people went to public school versus private school. I know Jewish people do take pride in education, and I don't know any Jewish people that have gone to public school. And if they have, it's just been very, very uh, interspersed. (laughs) And some Jews I do know that grew up in areas where there wasn't like a a temple or private Jewish school to go to. They They sent them to Christians private like exclusive schools. So I, I wonder if a public school education versus a private school education had anything to do with it, because the formative years are probably far more important and a gauge for success rather than uh, post-formative years like college. We don't have enough information about that to quantify it either. You know, That's what I'm saying. There's, there's questions. So yeah, I'm not I'm, inferring anything from this. Hey, no, I mean, the, the, the data that I, I was given was just based on on the overall religion and and the percentage of people who did whatever, whatever it was, went to high school graduate, college graduate, you know, beyond college. I'm just assuming you're trying to paint some kind of picture, get to some like, like focus on something like I'm wondering well, no, what that I is. Mean, the, the reality of this was to kind of look at 
the different religions in this country. And, and part of it was to talk about evangelicals. I mean, uh, they, they do have the greatest voting block in the country, but less about evangelicals, but the people that actually speak for the evangelicals, which is, which is where I was kind of going with it. So I, what I wanted to ask of everybody on here is that, is that you know, according to the numbers, People who follow uh, follow evangelical leaders, the people that have the evangelical faith, they're part of the low, a lower educated group of people plus lower income people. But evangelicals, and this is something I spent a, a good two hours today trying to find. There's not one televangelist on television that's, that that identifies as anything other than evangelical, um, and they're all. I mean, some of these people have wealth beyond compare. What's interesting is that when you look at the numbers, when you ask, you know, you could go look up anybody's <laughs> net worth online and you could kind of get a, a general idea because I guess a lot of these sites do kind of pull from different forms of information to get that number. When you look up an evangelical leader's um, net worth or a, a televangelist net worth, it varies from site to site. And, and what I found out was the reason why it varies from site to site is because it's what it's the number they show is either what they're actually admitting to or what they're what they're actually worth based on all the things they're not that they don't have to get taxed, meaning properties. And I, I mean, Joel Osteen, just in the state of Texas, has two homes. Uh, the, the smaller of the two homes is worth ten and a half million dollars. The bigger one is worth somewhere in the twenty-five to thirty million dollar range. Um, but he's only worth on paper fifty-five million dollars. Um, so I'm wondering. Yeah. So, question I want to ask is that: Do you think that there's anything wrong with the fact that 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 the, the richest people in religion are making all their money off the poorest people? Um, Stuart. So. Well, I think a couple things um, with the, the potentially the reason behind um, evangelicals and also other uh, very religious groups being um, poorer. I know um, specifically um, for Hasidim and, and other uh, ultra-Orthodox Jewish groups, because people's life revolves so much around their religion, it sort of limits their, like what they're, uh, comfortable doing economically, like um, you know, the the Amish are relatively poor because they they sort of they, they sort of somewhat choose that lifestyle, and it you know a, a lot of very fundamentalist religious groups aren't rich because they don't really try to be like they don't try to be rich. They sort of their faith is more important to them than their economic status. Um, and as for okay. making money off of, I mean, th that's just, you know, the, 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 you know, the televangelists. Yeah. I think it's exploitive. I think a lot of what they promise is snake oil, you know, but <laughs> yeah, it's, it's actually really, really more insidious than even that. I, I was, uh, I was looking up, um, th th there's two people that, are, that circle Trump. And I, I'm not even going to talk about, I'm not, I'm not bringing this up because of Trump, but there's two uh, evangelical leaders, Paula White and Robert Jeffress, um, who seem to be uh, the, the two that are, that are most associated with Trump. It just, just out of curiosity, I wanted to look some stuff up. Robert Jeffress, um, he um, said that 9-11 was caused by abortion. Um, 
he said that uh, gay marriage was the worst ruling in the Supreme Court's history. Um, he thinks that that people that if you have gay sex, you might actually explode, uh, which I thought was interesting. Um, he said one thing which I actually agree with. He said that um, that um, oh, President Obama was paving the way for the Antichrist, and we I guess we got him right after after Obama. Um, and then he also said that um, that he thought that the Chamber of Commerce. Um, um, you know, that, that, they, that it was bad because they respect the rights of transgender individuals and that transgender people are the biggest threat to the freedom of religion or bigger threat to the freedom of religion than the Islamic states. Um, and Paula White, who's Trump's um, spiritual leader, she's, that's actually her title. She's, um, she's the White House's spiritual liaison. She's, uh, she was married three times. Um, um, she claims when she was in her mid 40s that she had a stroke, uh, which caused her to get uh, addicted to uh, prescription medication, which caused her to have an affair that caused her to get to um, get divorced and then get married again. Now she's married to the keyboard player from Journey, um, Jonathan Kane. But the reason why I brought all this up is because has anybody ever heard of something called prosperity theology? Yep, that's what I was going to. Yeah, I'll be fast because I know Joe's been waiting. Sorry. Um, yeah, the prosperity faith that's one of the things that drives me nuts with the organized religious stuff because it's convincing people to give their money to the whoever the preacher is so that they are prosperous and that you will in turn become prosperous more or less somehow by giving your money to this person. And it's it's as uh as everybody kind of said, it's like snake oil. It's so insidious and, you know, life ruining to people who are not making a lot of money in the first place to give money to someone who says that if you just have faith, you know, your money will pan out and magically become something else. And that's, uh, you know, the frustrating part with, with that and with so many other elements of it is just the the fucking hypocrisy of it all is it's the the fall wall do as i say not as i do the um you know just there's so much hypocrisy that leaves me very frustrated with organized religion i don't have anything against you know someone having personal faith or seeking out you know guidance or even you know the idea of an organized religion like a group of people getting together to discuss it and feel good about it but the the way it stands now, it's a fucking mess. Go ahead, Joe. <laughs> Joe, you had something, yeah. Well, I mean, um, first thing is, uh, I, I think it shows, like, poor people are going to be more religious. When it's tough to make rent, or it's tough to feed the kids, and, and all that, you you know, that's you, you, you kind of have to start relying on something else and grasping at whatever you can. Um, and I'm not saying anything bad about it. It just, uh, usually, when you're a poor uh, you are finding more religion. Uh, my whole thing is is uh, and kind of going with the prosperity thing. Now, I was raised Catholic, but I saw the same thing. The Catholic Church is the largest property owners in the world, and they don't pay a dime on the taxes and any of that. Uh, I went with my father every Sunday. We had our same spot in the second row, and every week he put his envelope in, in, the, in the basket, and I just saw what was going on, and that's the kind of thing that tore me away from it. Uh, I don't think that faith and money should be tied together. And that's always been a thing with me. And it's the same thing also the, the, when they talk about how they want to convert people. I believe it's a personal thing. 
you know, you, you may be born into it, but I, I think at some point or another, you find out where you're going with it. Um, uh, and I don't really believe in, in spreading it out, but I know why, why religious leaders want to spread it out because the more people that are there, the more people are given money. And that's the thing that really turned me off to the whole thing. So, I mean, that's the point I really wanted to make. And it feels like people put in sometimes more than they get back. Like so, church, a lot of churches not, do not always, but yeah, a lot of churches do do charity things. I just took a bunch of clothes to like Salvation Army. They're a religious organization, but they do a lot of actual like work in communities and have opportunities for people and stuff like that. And but there's but if the balance is off, you know, like it's one thing to put in and kind of get something back not just spiritually but sometimes if you really need it but that that need is not always being met right the same well, thing actually, like like don't tell me don't tell me you're like this religious party and then don't want to give everybody health care right there's a big difference there though they're getting their money through voluntary means and right. people yeah. who want free health care are uh advocating stealing it from other people or taking it involuntarily so Are huge difference. We do not have time to open that can of worms, but I'm just stealing, pointing out that's a difference. A straw, stealing that's, is a strong a word. Completely different. Yeah. Involuntary. But uh, along the lines of what Joe was saying, um, last year a, a reverend in South Carolina, which by the way is the seventh poorest state in the country, um, his name is John Gray. He got in trouble because he uh, posted a photo on Facebook of a two hundred thousand dollar Lamborghini um, SUV that he bought his wife for um for their eighth anniversary now he claimed after the fact that none of the money came from his church but he has no other source of income so they couldn't figure out well where did he get two hundred thousand dollars to buy his God, obviously yeah uh, emma you, you've been waiting what, what do you have to say yeah um from the religious point of view uh so okay a couple points have been made um one the hypocrisy of the evangelical leaders and how they're preying on the poor um, of course, they're hypocrites. There are also people who want to take advantage of people everywhere, not just in religion. People pay a whole lot of money to things that they never see anything out of. You know who else has done that? Me, every time I paid for a casting director workshop in this fucking industry. Like, all kinds of people, all kinds of education levels get ripped off from things, and then you That's learn or you don't, but you move on. Uh, people who are poor give their money voluntarily. Um, I'm not sure I agree with Jess's point that taxes are theft, but I do agree that they were giving the money voluntarily. Um, they are also grown-ass adults who made a choice. Is it a choice I think it's a good idea? No, probably not. But they're not like children who got stolen from. They gave their money on purpose. Uh, the idea that, that organized religion is more bad than good, yes, they do some charity. In fact, the church does more charity across the United States than any individual nonprofit does by far um community is something that people need everywhere we are in a big city so we can get it through other places like tmi but especially if you're in a small town or if you're in a place where the church is everything that is your community that is your family that is your everything and of course they should not be going after people and attacking people like obviously that's wrong but the idea that organized religion is inherently bad uh is an incredibly one-dimensional take on what is a much more nuanced situation and organization. Uh, well, no, you're right. Organized religion isn't a bad thing per se, 
but is this organized religion or is this just profit taking? I, I, you know, it's where I, where I wonder about, like, where you say the thing about uh, th these people being adults. Yeah, physically, age-wise, some of the, th these people are adults, but mentally, a lot of these people are not. Uh, you know, does anybody remember um, from earlier in, in our? Are you qualified to make that judgment? Yeah, and, well, and if well, I, mean, well, I, I am, I am, I am based. I'm, I'm qualified. I'm qualified based on on the on the numbers that say that the education level on this group of people. Not having a college should we? Come on. If they're if they're if they're mentally incapacitated or they're at an age of somebody, let's say, who's not able to drive, should we not let them drive? Are they not able to do that too? Like, well, no, I mean, they, I mean, so we can say that they're adults and they can make their own decisions, period. Right. Okay, sure. Of course. Okay. No, I do, so, okay. But, but do we think that religion, that religion holds more weight than whether or not you could drive a car? So Should we also wanna, remove their wanna, right to vote since bash, they're not educated? I don't want to sit here and bash something that uh, someone who's listening to right now is, is truly believes in. I mean, yeah. my well, own my own hope. journey, like I said to everybody, I feel that everybody's yeah. religious journey is personal and my journey is different, but I'm not going to bash yours. I mean, I, I embrace the fact that you have something that you totally believe in and, 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 and I just want it to be personal. I don't want you to like try and convert me. That's my only thing. Well, that's, yeah, that's I, I don't want to feel like, I, I hope I didn't, unintentionally bash all board guys religion with one big club i didn't really mean to do that if i did um i think it's a lot of, of the way it's done in america and certain institutions in america that i do feel are like you know i guess predatory in some ways for lack of a better word maybe so or um, supplement sales or I mean, beachbody.com or whatever right and, the, and that's plenty of, you know, as you said there's plenty of things that are not religious i think I'm trying to think how to phrase this. It's not that religion by any means is inherently bad. I think it's just the way it's being wielded is what my issue is. Is It's being yeah. wielded for, by people as a cudgel to exclude in a lot of cases, to take advantage of. And that's not to say that doesn't happen elsewhere. It's just, I think because it is such a personal thing for so many people, that's what bothers me is it's, it should be something that's very, you know, personal, you find community and you find good in it, but then people are taking what should be this very good thing, this very helpful thing, and using it against people or turning people against other people with it, in some I mean, cases and not all, we, I don't. We do that right here in the entertainment industry every day as well. Exactly yeah. the same stuff every day. Yep. Uh, especially us, those who live in glass houses shouldn't throw stones. We like entertainment widely is used to exclude people. It's used to attack people. It's used to make people feel like an other uh, people in power in entertainment take so much advantage of the poor actors and people who are desperate to climb in their career. Like we, it's not just religion. This is a thing that is in every facet of human society in some way, shape or form. And we are buying into it too. Chris, you've had your hand up for a really long. Let, let, let's let Chris jump in for a second, and then I, you can come uh, on to it. Of course, yeah, I, I'm not. My here's the the thing that I always found um, a little weird about like the fact that people that there are like rich evangelists or rich preachers and stuff like that, like. I understand the implications of like, you know, religion being everything, being a community and the good things about it. But like, 
then that should be for free. You know what I mean? Like I can understand a community coming together, donating money to have a church built and keep that church afloat by, you know, repairs and things of like that donating. But how does that mo- how should that money go to the preacher? Because if correct me if I'm wrong, reading the Bible, Jesus wasn't rich. People tried to give him riches and he always gave it back to the people that we were trying to get religion. He always gave it to the poor, you know, fed people and things of that nature. He walked around barefooted in rags and he was preaching the word. And Can I ask you something? Prevalent. Hold on. And he was one of the most prevalent people in the Bible. Is he not? I mean, that's literally like 90% of what the Bible is based on is his life. New Testament. So, uh, yeah, the New yeah, Testament. The New Testament. Part of the Bible. <laughs> and that's 90% and of the he Bible. was pretty much the focal point of that. Yeah, yeah thank right. you. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So wait, hold on. I'm not done. And so that's what I'm saying is like, I, that part, the part that I, I listen, I'm with Jess on the same token. These are people who are giving their money voluntarily. So like, you know, you can call them a victim, but you can also not call them a victim. It's all really how you feel about the situation. But I just personally don't think that there should be rich preachers or, or priests or things of that nature. Because what part of what part of if you're preaching the word of God, then you should be getting paid for. It. You should have your own job separate outside of that, like everybody else. And like, you know, if you want to be, that's all you want to do. You know what I'm saying? I can understand that people want to donate to you, but I don't like it shouldn't be a, a practice of that in the sense of like that fact to the point where you're making a shit ton of money. You know what I'm saying? If it's if you're if you're living in the church and you're breathing the church, you know what I'm saying? Like you shouldn't be rich. It doesn't make any sense that you're rich. That's and when who? you get to the point when you're when you get to the point where you're a millionaire, that's where shit gets shaky. Like how are you preaching the word of God and things of that nature and you a millionaire if, if all you care about is preaching the word of, of God, like you shouldn't be a millionaire. That's that just doesn't feel right. And that makes you look like a con artist when you got you know, two or three mega churches and your your net income that you're not paying taxes on is fifty million dollars and you got two ten million dollar houses like that just it, it's not a good look. So that's all I'm saying. I'm not saying that I know anything or how, you know, I'm just saying to me as a person who grew up in a church and knowing about Jesus who was poor, how you go from Jesus is poor, this is the guy you're looking up to to fifty million dollars in income. But, what you're saying, Chris, you know, what you're saying, Chris, is that Jesus was a nice Jewish boy. I'm just saying. <laughs> All of those people's constituents beg to differ with you, though. I know. I, no, I'm saying they, they disagree. I'm just saying, to me, it's not a good look. I, you know, I they actually. I'm pretty sure if Jesus is real and he came down to the churches, he'd be like, what the fuck is this? Because this ain't well, what I Well, here's, here's the thing, though. Like, th- there's there's a lot of these guys and women um, who, who justify it. Like, like, I don't know if any of you remember earlier in the, in the uh, coronavirus pandemic, um, a, a reverend named Ken, Kenneth mm. Copeland. Um, but if you don't remember him, he's the one who could blow away the, uh, the, the coronavirus. He's worth somewhere between 25, this is, cra- this is how crazy this is. He's worth either $25 million or $750 million, depending on, on how you value what, what he actually is worth. His show was just um, recently canceled, right? He was well, just recently canceled. Um, well, he still has his ministry in Texas. He has his ministry, um, but his show was canceled. He was he was actually asked the question. Well, something along the lines of what Chris was saying. Well, if you're if you're a man of God, why do you need to own a twenty million dollar jet? Um, because he does, he owns a twenty million dollar jet. His answer was is because God wants him to get to more places so he could pray, so he could pray with more people. And that's and that's basically Prove him wrong. You know, the, the kind of excuse they're using. Well, you know what I mean. But here's the thing: like that same guy. Uh, who was blowing away the coronavirus and has has the twenty million dollar jet? He also caused a um, a huge measles outbreak in Dallas 
um, four years ago because he's also uh, he also preaches anti-vaxxing. Well, in I mean, to counter that, if you're saying you need to get places faster, it's called the fucking internet, sir. That's <laughs> well, all you, you got a fucking phone that use hashtags and get people to look at your goddamn, you know what I'm saying? You got YouTube, you got fucking uh, 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 iPods and uh, I, you know, what the fuck, uh, podcasts and shit like that. Like, iPods? iPods, iPads, no, iPods, iPods, iCast, you know, all the shit, all these cameras <laughs> that can get you to places a lot quicker than a jet can and you don't have to pay $20 million to do it. You just pay a, a simple service of having Wi-Fi and you can do that all day. So go fuck off. I don't hey, believe you, that. You guys, know that um, you guys know that Joel Osteen is so rich that Michael Klinkowski doesn't pay taxes? That's a joke Inside joke. Inside joke, listeners. But even going back to, 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 back to um, Joel Osteen, he's, he's supposed to be such a, a wonderful guy. I, I don't know if anybody else remembers in 2017, um, right after Hurricane Harvey hit and, and all those people were displaced in Texas, they mm-hmm. asked him if he would open up his church um, to, to bring people to to to, to, um, to stay while while they were trying to find places for them to live, he said they couldn't because the roads to the church were all underwater. Um, and then a news helicopter went over his church, and there was no there was no water anywhere around it. So you know, just just so we don't understand who they are, Stuart, what, what were you going to say? Well, just going back to a couple of things that John Elizabeth said about you know religion being personal and, and that sort of thing, and to some degree, I do think faith even on a personal level, is bad. I mean, believing something without evidence, with clear evidence against it, is just kind of dumb. I mean, I think, you know, creationists and, and, you know, people who believe in, in, you know, like for random Scientology and origin stories like that, there is clear evidence that that is not accurate. So when I believe, I've never seen friends. this many figures go up at once. But there's, well, it, there's no evidence to the contrary of that, and it's still possible. There's no evidence to the contrary of God. Don't there, hit him. No, but there is evidence to the contrary that it was created five thousand years ago, which makes the assertion that, you know, the the, the rest of the Bible calls it into question. Well, you're I mean, doing, like you're doing what I think. And other the podcast finally got good. Doing. <laughs> no, I think you're you're saying what I think people were misinterpreting what I was trying to say. <laughs> yeah, no, you're, you're faith completely is not you're conflating bad. something else. No, I don't think well, faith, I mean, faith is no, not but, bad but, or but, stupid. But, but I have said something without fact. Like going to get this year. <laughs> I, I understand what's what, you know a personal choice. You're just wrong. Yeah, but I'm I'm not a religious person, and I don't. I I guess I would probably fall agnostic when all is said and done. Like I that's, like that's, there's probably that's a higher power. Well, no, I have faith that there's some kind of something beyond myself. I I I buy into like frankly you know, some ghosts and things like that. That's faith that there's something beyond and there's something beyond myself and something beyond this world. Um, I, you know, but even I had to have faith in science and science and save my ass. I would die last year. Like, that's, 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 that's not how, and that's still also, an unknown. Also, you, no, that's not how science that works. I know, like, but I mean, it's like saying that two plus two equals five. Faith it could work. Like, it could I'm still talking. I had to have, faith is not saying that two plus two equals five. <laughs> faith is saying that there's a five million digit to pi and we just don't know what it is. Oh, that, but that's not what faith is. I, I, how would you know? You don't know even have it. What? You just you don't have something you don't know what it is. Here's the thing. Well, I tried to quantify there, it at the beginning of the podcast, and you guys did. Believing that let Stuart talk. Let Stuart talk. He's got a point to make. That, that's <laughs> like, 
I mean, one is not one is possibly true. One is objectively false. And the fact that they're conflated is a serious issue. And it's very dangerous when people believe things without evidence or evidence to the contrary. People believe that Donald Trump is some genius businessman. There is clear evidence to the contrary. That's not going on Donald Trump. No, people who believe things without evidence. That's how dictators rise. It's when you, you see with your eyes, but somehow don't think that that's reality. Right. Stuart, you can't. Stuart. Stuart, why are you here? Why are you here in Los Angeles, Stuart? Because I'm pursuing a career in acting. How is that not faith? You yeah. have no idea that you're you're going to be anything it's, other than. I'm not like I don't believe that I'm going to get it because I believe I believe that. Oh, see, I want to oh, try it. What is, so what is that? See, I want to try. See, there's, <laughs> it's it's a I, desire. I want to defend. I want to defend Stewart. But you have to have you have to have a belief. You have to have a faith that you're going. To, otherwise, you would not even. Have it, but it's out not here. faith. Got it. I, I, no, I don't. I don't. I don't. My belief isn't that I am going to get it or it's going to be given to me by some higher power. I think it's a lot of it's just chaos random. I mean, that's, well, I, I think, I think a lot of, so it's not faith. You're just pissing away your money. Well, no, no I, I think I, that was I, a bad I, analogy, I, Joe. I don't, I, 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 I want to actually defend Stuart. I want to defend you for a second. Cause I, I kind of understand where you're going with this a little bit. Uh, I'm going to say something that I think is, is fairly controversial but I think if you want to really look at re- the most religious people that we've we've probably seen in our in our lifetime, it's the guys who flew the planes into the to the World Trade Center. Because I mean, because when you think about it, you can find an excuse for every other religious person to be religious, but those guys put their money where their mouth was. Now I'm not saying it was a good thing, but but that's what true faith is. Because you're taking you're, you're, you those guys were willing to 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 basically sacrifice their lives for for something that they could not be certain was was going to be the case. Yeah. And so the, I understand, but I understand what what Stewart's saying. Then because I think he's you saying, can sum it up. It's the absence of doubt. Yeah, and those guys who flew those tanks, there was the absence of doubt. They were they, certain. They, yeah, they were one hundred percent sure that they, the what they were doing was going to be the thing. Yeah, and so I mean, and so I think Joe's, you know, given that Joe's question to Stewart doesn't make sense because, like all of us who are trying to make anything out of our lives or go to a job interview, you kind of have a certain faith in your abilities and what you know, but you have mm-hmm. you're under no illusion that you're going to be the one to win the lottery or whatever. And if you do, there's obviously a problem. I think I think your stewards maybe a larger point is like blind faith is not a great thing and and believing without questioning to a certain point. I respect that. Some faith and a large part of faith is blind. I think that's sort of what it is: is blindly like having faith in something is blindly following it. That's yeah, because otherwise it's an educated guess. Yeah, and and that's the same thing. Like, I don't know. It's like when people legislate with feelings, it's like, these are not things that you can, like, you're not quantifying anything. It's not a science. Like it's basically faith and faith is feeling and it's dangerous yeah, it's, in my opinion. It's, it's, it's like saying the first time we did this show, we had that faith that we could get it done. Now, every time we turn on the show at the beginning, we have an educated guess that we can get it done. Does that make sense? <laughs> no, we had a track record before of doing I don't, I don't think things. it's faith. We well, we never did this hope though. So. But yeah, it was no, more of a hope. But, 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 but this is the thing. This, it's like, all right, we'll give it a shot. There's faith in everything we do. I mean, everything takes faith. I, I um, think not, not in the same oh, sense of the religious faith. faith. I think you're, you're conflating the two. 
Yeah, I agree with Stuart. Merry okay. Christmas, Stuart. Okay, guys, I gotta go. It's getting late. Okay, so well, We're that's, way that's over. probably We're a good place I for us to jump I off. I wish today. Veronica was here so she could wrap things up, yeah. but she's. Not I'm gonna, gonna wrap it up before. now. So I'm, um, I'm wrapping it up for now for my wife, Veronica. <laughs> I wish I'm Vanessa was there. here. Where's Vanessa? I I, yeah, I'm sorry. No, so I don't even know who Vanessa is, to be honest with you. <laughs> oh, I must have been is. thinking about Kobe Bryant's no, wife she... again. Uh, oh, whoa, oh, whoa. Oh, oh, my God. Oh. It only took him yeah, an hour they, and a half to get to that one. Because, well, well, you know, they were just talking about, about her yesterday on the, on the show. We... Uh, Thank you guys for listening to our last show. Yeah, this has been a great. Uh... <laughs> well, you know, everybody, it's not going to be our last show. It's just we may see you again here today. Show. <laughs> Bye, everybody. We'll see you maybe tomorrow. <laughs>